Hello and welcome to In My Own Little Corner, the show where I talk about music from some of my favorite musicals, and today I'm starting with a plan for Disney. I now have Disney Plus, and I really want to go back to some of the old original Disney musicals, and today I want to start with the original Disney musical, Snow White. So I haven't watched Snow White in a very long time, though I have seen it before. So I'm trying to do kind of a play-by-flip-play for you guys of what is going on in this movie and the songs and things that are happening. So Snow White was the original cartoon for Disney. I believe it was the first full-length cartoon movie, if I'm correct. It's from 1937. It was a very big deal movie starts with the credits at the beginning with this very serious full orchestral music and choir goes on to a white book with gold lettering for snow white opens up with once upon a time and has kind of the basic beginnings of the plot of the story that you know the queen wants to be the most beautiful in the land or the fairest in the land and snow white was safe as long as the queen was the fairest in the land opens to the next the first actual cartoon scene is then for the queen she starts up with um doing this incantation to the mirror getting that evil face to come out in the mirror and tell her that snow white is fairer than thee and the queen is not happy about it and she finds out that snow white is fairer than her prettier And so then you cut over to Snow White and her first song. She's humming while she's cleaning the steps outside with what appear to be white pigeons. Maybe they're supposed to be doves. They look very much like pigeons and they're making like pigeon sounds, but they're all pure white. Kind of odd. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe there are white pigeons. I'm used to pigeons being gray, but to each their own. It seems to be white pigeons. And so she sings this song about how she's wishing for the one she loves to come. And she's wishing into a wishing well kind of cool she's doing this duet with an echo of her own voice coming out of the well which I think is fun um I will say that I've never really loved Snow White's voice in this movie it's very high-pitched and like the vibrato turns into like almost warbling it's a very it's just so high-pitched and kind of grating I don't love her singing voice it's a cute little song but her voice oh my goodness it's too high pitch and the vibrato is intense. Um, then it goes on to the prince hearing her sing and apparently being enchanted by it. So he comes off and he sings to her. He scares her away, first of all, and she runs inside. So he sings to her to the window and she likes that, comes out and like kind of smiles at him. And then she coyly closes the curtains away. And you also see at this point that the evil queen is glaring at them from another window in the castle. So she has seen this interaction and the Snow White and the prince have met, but they haven't said any, like they haven't interacted at all. Basically the entire interaction is he scares her, she runs inside, and then he sings to her to the window about how he loves her already. Um, not a big fan of love at first sight, but I mean, if I'm going to go through Disney movies, I'm going to have to get over it because that's kind of a central theme in a lot of these early princess movies. But that's what's happened so far. 
we are cut we end with the evil queen glaring out the window for this scene of their first meeting and we move on so this story has a very quick setup right after this initial meeting of the prince and snow white you go cut back to the queen who has already got her huntsman there and she tells him to take snow white out to the forest and tell her she's going to go pick flowers um but don't bring her back bring back her heart in a box to prove that you've killed her and the huntsman is shocked but agrees to do it so then you see snow white out in a field picking flowers with the huntsman kind of watching over her um, and she's humming that song the prince was singing about his love and his heart and whatnot. Um, the other noticeable thing is that she's in a much nicer dress now. She's in her standard princess dress with the big with the big shoulders and the yellow skirt and everything. The blue, red and yellow outfit that is the official Snow White outfit you see everywhere. In the first scene, she was in very just scraps of clothes, raggedy um, clothing that she was using just to clean up. Now she's in her actual princess dress. So she's out in the field picking flowers, singing in her very high-pitched again voice. When she talks, it's very childlike, which is kind of disturbing in that she's, I think, supposed to be an adult, maybe. Um, but she sounds like she's maybe five or six. It's a very high-pitched, childish little voice that she's using to talk. And she finds this little lost bird. She's talking to the bird and taking it, getting it back home to its parents. And while she's doing that, the huntsman is like sneaking up behind her with his knife up. And it's ominous. And he comes up and he she screams. And then he drops his knife because he can't do it. And he just tells her that to run away. The queen is mad. Run away. Never come back. Run away. Go away. All this stuff. And she just takes off. No further explanation is needed um, to abandon her family and her home and everything. I guess the guy did just try to kill her. So that does make some sense. But to like... Have this guy try to kill you and then just take off running and never come home again. Seems a little bit of a stretch to me. Unless maybe she had some inclinations about the evil queen. Which, to be fair, she might have. Just seems like a little bit of a plot hole to me. But there you go. So then Snow White is running through the forest. It's suddenly nighttime. Either it's suddenly nighttime or she's been running so long. It is now nighttime. Not sure which. Um, but she's running through and there's these evil... Um, it's an evil forest with like where the trees almost have faces and the branches are reaching at her clothes and there's this one little part where suddenly there's just evil eyes staring at her from all directions um, and she's really upset and she just falls to the ground sobbing so she's sobbing in the forest and then it lightens up again it's back to daytime I guess or maybe it was just her own interferes um, because now all the little forest animals come out and there's deer and squirrels and a turtle all coming out on a bunch of birds and she says I'm so ashamed of the fuss that I've made to which I'm again kind of like okay well you were just almost murdered and then ran screaming for your life after a guy tried to stab you I don't think you need to apologize for making a fuss at this moment but okay um so she's sad that she made a fuss. And then she talks to the animals. What do you do when something's gone wrong? And the bird sings at her. So she says, sing a song. And so she sings a song with a smile and a song. And so she's singing about how 
you can be your own sunshine and just be happy. Which again, just seems like such a reversal real, real quick over again. To reiterate, her stepmother just sent a man to murder her and cut out her heart. So she ran screaming away into the woods. And now she saw some cute animals. So she's like, okay, life is good now. Let's smile in a song. I can be so happy. Yay, me, me. Real weird. Just saying. So she sings this happy little song about how if you smile and sing, you can make yourself happy. And she cuddles with the animals. And she says, okay, I think I'm going to be fine now. What has changed? Not really sure, but she's fine now. The only thing is that she needs a place to sleep. Do you know where I can sleep? And so the animals lead her off to this little cabin in the woods, which she thinks is the cutest little thing. She thinks it's a little dollhouse because um, it's smaller than a regular house. And she looks inside the windows and it's very dark in there. She knocks on the door. Nobody's home. So, of course, she just lets herself in, starts looking around, calling out. Hello, is anyone here? Can I come in? Um, so she and the animals kind of just creep around the house. And she notices that there are seven little chairs. So she says, there must be seven little children. It's her obvious conclusion there from the fact that there are seven small chairs. Um, and again, she just notices that it's very messy. Um, it's a very dirty house. She's looking around and she says that their mother should clean up. And then she decides, oh, they must not have a mother. They must be orphans. Because again, the obvious conclusion from coming into a dirty house is that there is no mother. And I guess we'll just let the latent sexism of, you know, the mother being the one to have to clean the house go because this is 1937. But I will just note it. Just have it noted. But it's just a very strange conclusion to me that she breaks into this. Well, she doesn't break in. The door was open. But she walks into this house. And her immediate conclusion for there being this, like, kind of semi-miniature house is obviously this is a house of children who somehow make their own furniture and make a house that is their size. But can't clean up after themselves because they're orphans. Just odd conclusion to me. I'm not sure that it makes complete logical sense, but this is where Snow White goes. This is her obvious conclusion. So she decides we're going to clean the house up because if I clean the house up, then they'll want me to stay. And so she and the animals start cleaning the house. And there's some very cute an animation of all of this, of the animals helping to clean and using their tails to dust and whatnot. And they're starting to clean the plates by licking them. And she says, Oh no, put them in the tub. Um, again, with this real high-pitched voice that continues throughout the movie, her voice is still annoying me. I know I already talked about it, but it is still true. So they're cleaning up the house, and this is when we get to Whistle While You Work, which I think is probably the most famous song from this movie, or at least the one I feel like I know the best. If I'm thinking of Snow White's song, that's the song that would come to mind. It's the whistle while you work, do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Um... So they, she sings this whistle while you work song and they clean up the house and they do the laundry out in the river. Apparently raccoons do the laundry. Who knew? But what I have learned from this little um, scene is that squirrels do the dusting with their big fluffy tails and raccoons do the laundry out in the river. And it would be fabulous if I could get some of that help as well. The animals did a very great job. 
cleaning up. It was pretty fantastic. Then it cuts to the dwarfs in another big song, I guess, which is their dig, dig, dig song. So they are digging and singing in a mine. And you already get to kind of see that Dopey's a little different. Um, even though you don't know his name yet, he's kind of running around and doing silly things. Um, then it cuts back to Snow White. She decides to look upstairs, sees the beds, says, oh, what funny names for children. And you finally get the names of the seven dwarfs. There's Doc and Grumpy, Sleepy, Bashful, Happy, Sneezy, and Dopey. Then she yawns, lays down across three of their beds, because they are so small. And the animals tuck her in, and they go to sleep. And then the poor turtle is kind of, this whole time, trying to get up the stairs, and it's taking a very long time. So everybody else is asleep. And then you hear the dwarfs coming home, because they're still singing. They're now singing their hi-ho song as they come home. And... The animals all scatter and run in fear, and the turtle has just made it up to the top of the stairs, has to turn around and fall back down. Poor turtle. Anyway, so the animals all run off and hide, and they leave Snow White sleeping, which another red flag for me doesn't seem like they're the best of friends if they are going to run scared into the night, but just leave Snow White sleeping there, a sitting duck, if something bad is actually happening. Seems not great. So they leave her there sleeping. The dwarfs are coming home and they're singing their hi-ho, hi-ho, it's home from work we go song. When they all stop, notice that the lights are on in their house and the doors open. And they're all very nervous and scared about this. So they sneak up into their house and they're walking slowly. They look around. They notice that things have been dusted. One of them says, our cobwebs are missing. Um, another one says, they stole our dishes. And then Doc points out, they're not, they didn't get stole, they're just hidden in the cupboard. Um, they smell food cooking, which they worry about and think it's maybe a witch's brew for some reason. But they're trying to be quiet, wandering around, figuring what's going on. And then they notice the flowers. Sneezy smells them, which was a bad idea. He says he has hay fever, has a big old sneeze. And then he's going to have another one, but they tie his nose up with his hair to try and stop him from sneezing. It's a whole thing. Because <sighs> they're trying not to make any noise. Then you realize that there are a few animals left that are hiding. The bluebirds are still there. And they make some noise to make them look upstairs. So they send Dopey up to look upstairs because they're all scared. And so they make Dopey go. Dopey goes to look upstairs and he hears Snow White kind of yawn. And she stretches under the sheet so it kind of looks like a ghost. And um, so he sees that and he comes running back downstairs and then he scares the other dwarfs who all go running out into the night. And then he gets covers in pots and pans, but then he runs out after them and then they kind of like beat on the pots and pans until they figure out it's him. Little thing going on there. Um, so then they all rethink that there's like this monster in the bedroom that's sleeping in their bed. So they're going to go kill it while it's sleeping so that it doesn't wake up and hurt them. So they quietly go upstairs to try and see the monster and they're all around with their pickaxes above their head, ready to, like, get her. And then, I think it's Doc, one of them pulls the sheet down and they notice it's a girl. And one of them says, she's purdy. And then Grumpy, of course, says that she's a female. And you can't trust them because of their wicked wiles. And he doesn't know what wicked wiles are, but he's against them. Um, and so they have this little bit of conversation. And then she's starting to wake up, so they all hide. And then 
Snow White looks up and says, are the children home or anything? It's like, oh, you're little men. So she says, oh, you're little men. And she says, how do you do? And eventually Grumpy says, how do you do what? Because he's all mad at everything all the time. And so they do their introductions and she guesses all their names and she gets them all right. And they ask who she is and she tells them she's Snow White. And they said, the princess. So they know who she is. <clears throat> and they try to get her to go. But she says, oh, you can't, ma- you can't make me leave or the queen will kill me. And then there, you know, there's a whole thing about the queen. They're scared of the queen. And there's this whole conversation about how, you know, if they find the queen finds her there, that they're all going to get in trouble and that she's so powerful with all her black magic. And they are scared of the queen. But then she says that the queen can't find her. She doesn't know she's there. And that if they let her stay, she'll cook and clean and take care of the house and everything. And the only part of that that they care about is she says that she can make dessert, basically. And they're very excited about the fact that she can make pie. And so because she can make pie, she gets to stay. And they don't care about the fact that the queen is going to kill them anymore. Apparently. So they come down. They're going to have dinner. And they get around the table. And she tells them they have to go wash. And they argue about that a little bit. But then they all go. And everybody's going to wash, except for Grumpy, who's still against the idea So they all get around, except for Grumpy. They all gather around this, like, tub in the backyard and with the soap and they're scrubbing. And they have this little, like, song that they're doing about soap and washing. And it's kind of a talk song. Like, he's not really singing, per se. He's kind of just speaking in a very... Speaking in a sing-songy way as opposed to actually singing. But he does this little thing and they all do it. Except for Grumpy, who is sitting around being grumpy and saying that they're all falling for her wiles. Um, And so the rest of them all gather together and talk and then they put their hands behind their back and they whistle and they walk past him like very obviously pretending to be, um, you know, not planning anything. They're doing the famous I'm whistling because there's nothing going on thing as they walk by. And then they grab him and they make him wash or they wash him. They force him into the tub and wash him. And he gets really mad about the whole thing. And then there's this cute little sequence where Dopey is playing, is trying to get the soap to them, but it keeps flying out of his hands and he keeps chasing after it. It's cute. They wash him. They put bows in his beard. He's very mad about the whole situation. And then Snow White calls them in for supper. So they run in and they're going to eat. Cut to the palace and there's the queen with that box with the heart that the huntsman was supposed to put Snow White's heart in. And she goes up to the magic mirror and asks who's the fairest of them all. And the mirror says it's still Snow White. Um, But the queen's like, but I have her heart. She's dead. And the mirror tells her, no, that's a pig's heart. And she's like, I've been tricked. So she goes down to the basement to make a disguise And she goes through this whole thing to make a potion to transform her. And this part doesn't really make all that much sense to me again either. Because this whole like story plot line is based on the idea that this queen, this evil queen, is obsessed with being young and beautiful. And being the most beautiful person in the whole world. And yet she decides when she's going to transform herself. I mean, I get that she needs to transform, but she could transform into anything. 
she could transform into, you know, uh, just a different beautiful person, not herself. She decides to turn into like this ugly hag and she makes this big, I guess, performance out of how old and ugly she's going to look. And it doesn't make a lot of sense to me that somebody so obsessed with being young and beautiful would then choose their disguise to be the exact opposite of that. Because um, all she really needs from this disguise is that she looks like someone that Snow White doesn't know, right? She doesn't have to look like the worst and, you know, the ugliest, oldest person she can think of. So it's kind of a weird choice, I think, that the queen would choose to look like that. Especially when, like, the point is really she needs to look like kind of a beggar person, I guess. I don't know, but it's just, it's just an odd choice to me that some, that the whole point is that this person is so vain that they are obsessed with being the most beautiful person ever and they make themselves look old and ugly. That just doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but we're going to go with it. And then she's going to make a poison apple that is going to cause the sleeping death. Mwahaha. All right, cut back to the cottage. And this is one of my favorite scenes from the whole movie. It's this little like party scene where the dwarves are all making music and they're yodeling. They've got this really cool organ with like different bird faces that goes up. And Grumpy's the one who plays the organ, which is an interesting choice. It's kind of cool. And they sing the silly song, which is a really cute little um, fluffy song that I really enjoy. And they're all dancing around and having a party. And at Disneyland, they have a ride for Snow White. And this is like my favorite room from the ride. They did a really good job of recreating this room. And there's all this cool stuff to look at. And it's this fun yodeling song, and I really like it. It's a really cute scene. Um, and they're dancing around, and they end up with, like, Dopey on top of Sneezy's head so that they're the same height as Snow White, and Snow White dances with them, and it's very cute. So once they're done with their music, they say that it's Snow White's turn to entertain them, and they want us to tell a story um, and so she says that, you know, there was this princess who fell in love with a prince who was the most charming, which again, if you remember, they met for like five seconds. All that happened is he scared her. She ran away. He sang a song to her in the window. She smiled and closed the window. End of me meeting. But they are in love. Okay, sure. Why not? And she says that he was so romantic. Again, what was so, rom I mean, his song was cute. Is that what was romantic? That's all he did. He sang her a song. Which I guess could be considered romantic. So fine. The prince was romantic. And then she sings, Someday my prince will come. So I guess I was probably wrong earlier. Whatever song I said was the song from Snow White. I think Someday my prince will come is probably the song from Snow White. That is the biggest one that you'll hear. The someday my prince will come. But like a few octaves higher. Because again, her voice is super high pitched and so... The vibrato is crazy wobbly. It's it's such an annoying voice. I do not like it. But the movie's cute. Anyway. Anyway, so she sings her song and then the clock goes off and it says she says it's past bedtime and she starts to send them upstairs, but the dwarfs tell her, "Oh no, you can sleep in our beds and we're going to stay down here. We'll be fine." And she Basically lets them say it once and says, if you insist, and she goes on up to bed. Doesn't ask anymore about it. Um, so then the dwarfs are all sleeping all over the room. It's, again, kind of fun. 
there's one pillow and they all attack it and fight over it and break it into pieces. So now none of them have a pillow. Um, And then it goes back to her upstairs and she does a little prayer, which I think is interesting. Again, I think maybe from the time period, but like she does this little prayer before she goes to bed, which I don't think we see. Like, I'm just trying to think of other Disney movies and things. I don't think we see the other, like, that kind of religious aspect in most of the other movies. So that's interesting to me that she, they made that choice that she does a little prayer before she goes to bed. Um, that I think is a different choice than they'll make later in another, another situation. So, interesting. Anyway, um, the dwarves are downstairs getting comfy and Grumpy ends up in the, in the pot that they made soup in earlier, I think. He's sleeping in the big pot. They're sleeping in cupboards and in drawers. Um, I think Sleepy has that fly that's been going around. Ends up curling up like a little dog and sleeping on his nose. It's cute. Um, and then it goes. So they all go to sleep and it goes out into like the wilderness outside and the frogs going and the sounds and it's, they're all peacefully going to sleep. Cut back to the queen she is now officially making that poison apple and it's a really cool effect. I think she dips the apple in and it comes out in this weird like poison face on the apple that then like drifts into this beautiful red apple. I think it's a cool animation effect. Um, and then she wants to make sure that there is no antidote. That is very important that this death is permanent, which death usually is. So, um, yeah, I say usually death is a pretty permanent thing. So I don't, I'm not sure what she means about the antidote per se, but then she's saying that, no, this is the sleeping death and the antidote is love's first kiss. And she laughs hysterically because of course she's not going to get love's first kiss. That'll never happen. She's going to be buried alive. So somehow she's dead, but not dead. So she calls it the sleeping death. And then she's saying that there is the antidote of first love's first kiss. So if there's an antidote, it's not death for me. Unless she thinks that, like, it's going to be a zombie, which I don't think that's where they're going with this movie. Well, I know that's not where they're going with this movie. I have seen it before. But this weird, there's this weird in-between moment here where it's called sleeping death. It's going to kill her. But there's an antidote after she's eaten it, even though it's killed her. So something that can kill you, there's there's ways to have antidotes like on the way, but she makes it more sound like because she's talking about um, that she's she says she'll be buried alive. So that makes me think that she's going to be alive. It's not going to actually kill her. More like it puts her into a coma um, as opposed to actual death. But they keep using the word death, but she's describing it more like a coma because she's calling it the sleeping death. And that she's going to get buried alive before she can get the antidote, which would be love's first kiss. So I don't know. That whole thing is kind of confusing to me of exactly what this is. Now, obviously, where we know where the story is going, Snow White is not going to die for real. Um, So there has to be an antidote and a way to wake her back up again. But but them calling it death, but then it not really being death and being more coma-like is weird to me. So she's calling it sleeping death, but it's not really death. I'm not really sure. But she's all glad about it. She laughs. She has her evil laugh, gets in the boat in this underground tunnel in her in her basement, goes out through the moat and into a swamp, then wanders through the forest and off into the night. 
Um, then you cut back to morning at the cabin. Everybody's getting up and the dwarves are all going off to work. And they warn Snow White, you know, be careful. Don't let anybody into the cabin. Be careful of strangers. And she kisses each of them on their head and sends them off to work. And even Grumpy gets a kiss on the head and likes it and is kind of mellowing towards her. And it's cute. So the queen is still wandering through the forest. We cut back to her and she's all just evilly talking to herself about how she's going to be all alone. The little men will be gone. And I'll just be this harmless old peddler woman and she won't, you know, she won't see me as anything dangerous and she laughs evilly again and then there's these like vultures watching her walk by with like an evil gleam in their eye and it's just very evil she's going cut back to snow white who is in the cabin and she's cleaning and she's singing her someday my prince will come song while she makes that pie i'm making gooseberry pies <clears throat> and then the queen now looking at this old beggar now looking as she calls herself the old beggar woman um just like pops into the window uh, all scarily and scares snow white um and then wants to talk about the pies and says that she should be making apple pies instead because those are better and look i have apples um and the queen is very creepy about all this and she's got a whole basket of green apples with the one red apple which again kind of red flaggy um, and the animals notice right away that there's something wrong with this person. I don't know if they know for sure she's a queen, but they know that there's something wrong. And they, like, attack her and try to go. And Snow White gets mad at them and tells them to leave the poor woman alone. And, like, kind of sends them off. And uh, then the beggar woman gets to say, oh, please take me in. Get me some water. Let me rest. Blah, blah, blah. So Snow White, against all of the warnings from everyone takes this woman into the house and is being nice to her while the animals are running off to go warn the dwarfs that this is happening. So they're all running off through the forest and then it kind of cuts back and forth between the animals and the dwarfs and then Snow White and the Queen for these scenes kind of like interspersed back and forth. Um, so in the house, the Queen is there and she tells Snow White that this is a magic wishing apple. Um, because you've been so nice to me, I'm going to tell you a secret. This is a magic wishing apple. One bite and all your dreams will come true. Um, so she's telling her that and Snow White is kind of buying it. Meanwhile, the animals are off like attacking the dwarfs and the dwarfs are getting mad at them. They don't know what's going on. And somehow they figure out that this means that the queen might be there doing something to Snow White. We have to go. And they hurry off. And this poor turtle once again has been running through the forest as fast as it can, but it does makes it like halfway there by the time the animals and the dwarfs are coming back, running the other way, and they mess them all up, and then he has to turn around and start running back. Poor turtle. That's the message I get from that. So back at the cabin, Snow White has takes the apple. She's starting to make a wish. The, it goes back to the animals and the dwarfs scrambling through the woods. The dwarfs are like riding deer, which is kind of cool. Um... Then Snow White goes back to her. She's got the apple and she makes this long, drawn-out wish about how her true love, the prince, will come and find her and take her away to his castle and they'll live happily ever after. And the queen is kind of like, hurry up, okay, take a bite. Don't let the wish get cold. You know, take a bite. Hurry, hurry, hurry. 
And Snow White takes this one little bite and then she says, I feel strange. And she falls to the floor. And you see kind of her arm fall out from behind the table and the apple roll across the floor. <clears throat> and the queen laughs hysterically and this does her evil laugh. Now I'm the fairest in the land. And at the same time, this huge storm just hits. And it's raining and lightning and thunder and the whole thing. Um, and the dwarfs and the animals are then chasing the queen through the forest. Not again clear on why. Like... You think you're you're mad at her because she's gone after Snow White. Snow White is laying uh, presumably dead on the floor. And nobody went to check on her, check her pulse, see if she's okay, see if she needs help. No, they all just run after the queen. They don't. I don't think they even go in the house, from my memory. They just see the queen and chase after her. Again, weird. If you think the queen was going to go kill Snow White, you'd think that you'd go check on Snow White, maybe? But no, they just all run after the queen in the storm. <clears throat> the dwarfs seem to lose the animals for the most part and then they're like climbing up a cliff after her in the rain and she ends up being trapped on the edge of this cliff there's nowhere else for her to go um there's this big dramatic music going the whole time full orchestra stuff um and then she's trying to push this boulder down the path towards the dwarfs that are climbing up after her but instead lightning strikes her the piece of the cliff completely falls off she falls off with it and just falls down the edge and then those vultures that you saw earlier are still there and they just kind of evilly watch her fall and then they get up and slowly and they start circling and i think that's how you're supposed to interpret that she is dead so the dwarves go home um and the next scene you see is them she they have her all laid out with candles kind of like a a funeral viewing sort of situation and they're all crying even grumpy is crying that poor snow white is dead and all the animals are outside in the rain looking in through the window also just looking wet and sad um and there's this really sad slow kind of funeral music going in the background and they all just cry while they look at her and it's very very sad um then it goes back to words on the screen this isn't like the pages in the book at the beginning. It's just, you know, words to read. And it says, um, and it's kind of just explaining, it says that so beautiful, even in death, that the dwarfs could not find it in their hearts to bury her. They fashioned a coffin of glass and gold and kept eternal vigil at her side. The prince who had searched far and wide heard of the maiden who slept in the glass coffin. So with that explanation, the next thing you come to is the prince coming into the room. And you saw her in the glass coffin, I think. But now there's no glass coffin. She's just laying out in this place. There's no coffin on her. She's just, you know, laying there. And he's singing that song where he's got one song only for you, one love only you for you, one heart only for you. It's actually a pretty, pretty, it's a nice little song now that I'm listening to it more haven't heard it very much because I don't think that they use that song outside of the movie at least not that I've heard um anyway but it's it's a nice little song um so he finds her there she is not in a glass coffin she's just laying out just there there's no coffin he has to like get off of her or anything um but he just immediately goes up to her and kisses her like there's no like interaction with the dwarfs no introducing himself who he is no nothing he just walks up kisses her and then she wakes up and he picks her up immediately. Like they say not one word to each other. She just, I'm awake and I'm smiling now. He picks her up and carries her off. 
and the dwarfs and the animals are all like dancing around and smiling and having a party and all happy about it. And he just immediately puts her on the horse. She does not talk to anybody. She does not walk at all. She just, I'm alive now. And he sticks her on a horse. And then she just says goodbye. And she says goodbye to the dwarfs. And he leads her off in the horse. Okay, the scene is really weird to me. I don't. I mean, I know that this is the story that he you now kisses her, wakes her up, and takes her off. But, like, just how nothing this scene is. How he just walks up, kisses her, picks her up, puts her on a horse. There is no even, like, I love you or interaction between them at all. It's just she wakes up, smiles, he picks her up. End of story. Like, there's no discussion or thought or, oh my goodness, I can't believe how long was I asleep. Anything. Um, it was just, again, it's literally, he walks up, kisses her, picks her up, puts her on a horse and they walk away. That is the end of the movie. (laughs) So weird. Um, I just, I really think that there would be some sort of other interaction maybe amongst these people. It, it, It doesn't make sense to me that there's absolutely no conversation of any kind except for Snow White saying goodbye as he leads her away on the horse. Like that's it. And we're done. Weird. Um, so back to that book that started the movie again, and it just says, and they lived happily ever after, and the book closes and the movie's over. And then there's this big soaring dramatic music with like church bells in it, which I think we're supposed to take to mean that, you know, they go off and get married as all good Christian couples would. They're not going to live in sin, obviously. They're going to go off and get married so that they can live together in his castle, obviously. Um, but it's this pretty and huge soaring choral music and full orchestral music with these bells going, um, just supposed to be kind of, I think, dramatic and romantic music to end the show. And it's fun. So wrap up and overall thoughts about this movie. It's a sweet little movie. It's got some weird bits and some kind of trippy scarier bits um than I think I remember um when the witch when the queen I guess um the evil queen is making the potion and she talks about stilling the blood and um some of her stuff is really pretty creepy um I also think that the story moves so quickly and oddly it doesn't make all that much sense that like she she ends up only spending one night at the dwarf's house in this whole story. If you think about the timeline, the timeline of this movie is the morning she's cleaning the steps in the castle. The queen gets mad. She gets sent out with the hunter. It seems like that same day, possibly if we're given the benefit of the doubt, that's the next day. Benefit of the doubt, best case scenario, that's the next morning. But it could be still that same morning that that happens, which seems like what's happening. Then she runs through the forest, finds the dwarf's house, cleans the dwarf's house. They let her stay. They have a party. They go to bed. She wakes up the next morning, sends them off to work, and gets poisoned by an apple. This all, this entire movie might be within like a 24-hour period. I'm not 100% clear on that. But the timeline is very, very short. And we're not sure how long she's laying there supposedly dead before the prince shows up. It sounds like he hears of it, so maybe a little while, but I'm not 100% clear on that either. This whole thing could have been very, very quick. 
Um, there's the whole love at first sight thing, which is not unique to this particular movie, but they rely on it very heavily. And it's an odd little trope that I'm not a, not a huge fan of, um, that they, you know, the Snow White and the Prince see each other. And she doesn't even know his name, by the way. She just keeps calling him Prince. I don't think he has a name. He's just Prince. He's the Prince. Um, so that's a little awkward. I love, as far as like the animation goes, it's very prettily made. It's a very pretty animation. Like I said, I think it was, um, the first feature length animation of its kind like this and the detail in all of it, the fact that it was all done by hand in this, in the way animation really isn't done anymore is really cool. It's a really cool movie in that sense. Um, and it's very visually very pretty. Um, and there's lots of music in it, more than I remembered there being, because um, I don't think I would have been able to name most of the songs in there. And yet they go and they keep, they do, they sing pretty often. And so that's more than I remember. The animals are super cute. Um, there's some weird stuff in it that may, that I don't think would have made it through later. I think that, you know, goes back to the fact that it was in, made in the thirties, you know, the stuff about like dopey, not knowing how to talk because he never tried and like kind of the way they make fun of him feels a little not not nice now um the stuff about how you know they don't have a mom so they nobody's cleaning you know the, the woman has to be the one to cook and clean obviously men can't um i mean of the time i don't think that that the, some of their jokes about women again that grumpy likes to make about using their wiles and things a little off color a little weird um, I don't think would have made the movie today, but they're there. Um, and then, but I think the thing that gets me is just that, honestly, Snow White comes off as kind of dumb. I mean, I think they play her off as very childish. And that's with the, like, her high voice, the way she talks. She's very childlike throughout the movie. And then... Her reactions are odd, again, kind of childlike, and then at the end, you know, she doesn't pick up on things. She's just show she's just very childish and naive in a way that I don't like. That she's I don't know how old she's supposed to be. I think a lot of these fairy tales they're like sixteen years old or something. So maybe she's sixteen, which is kind of gross that she's getting married at sixteen, but that's a whole other issue. Um, but she just, I, I get a bad feeling of this movie in that I feel like Snow White is played off as this very naive and childish and kind of dumb character who doesn't understand what's going on, who is so nice, but doesn't have a clue what the world is or what's happening in it and doesn't know how to take care of herself in any real way. That all she knows how to do is cook and clean and be pretty. And that's all that she's worth or needs or needs to be. And um, yeah, I, I just get some weird, weird stuff from this movie. I'm not sure how I feel about it. So I guess my overall review is that I like this movie. I think there's some fun things. 
It's not one that I would watch over and over again. It's not one of my favorite Disney movies. I chose it because it's the original, not because it's what I would consider the best. Um, there are some really cool aspects of it. It's beautiful visually. There's a lot of cool things about the way they did the animation. Um, but Snow White annoys me. Her voice is way too high pitched. She uses way too much vibrato when she sings. I know I've brought this up many times, but it annoys me. And then when she talks, she's got this little childish kid voice. Even though we're expected to believe that she's like in love and getting married to the prince like immediately. Um, so it's just very... I don't like how childlike and childish she is in this movie. When we're also expected to believe that she's like an adult and getting married. And those two things, I don't like them going together. It feels a little perverse to me. And there are the, and there are some little off-color things that just kind of grate at me throughout the movie. But I think that's true of movies from the 30s in general. There, it's hard to get through some of those older that older stuff. Um, there are just things in them that are not great, you know completely different but you know I love Shirley Temple and there are some things when I watch Shirley Temple movies now that are just like oh gosh that was racist um that just kind of happened and I feel like there's a few moments in this movie that's like that of oh that was sexist um that were just kind of accepted for the time or at the time um so it grates on me a little bit and Snow White is definitely not my favorite princess. Her little childish thing is not my thing. Um, I feel like I'm being very down on it and I, I don't want to be. I want to like it and I like aspects of it. But it's not a movie that I'm going to want to watch over and over. Um, and that's my overall review of Snow White. Now it's time to say goodbye to all our company. So long, farewell, au revoir, adieu. See you next time and sing, sing a song.